When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Eco Chic. My name is Laura Diaz. It's so good to have you here today. I hope you are doing well. Today, we're listening to one of my favorite types of episodes, and that is a Chic Chats call-in episode. If you're new around here, if you've never heard of a Chic Chat, kind of a tongue twister, that is an opportunity for audience members to call into the show, and we chat about one central topic. There's usually about three to five people that get in touch with me, and we chat about things from career. We did a Pride Month episode. We've talked about culture and travel and dating, and we've covered a lot of topics. A reason that I was so passionate about putting these episodes together and the reason I love to keep putting them out and the reason that y'all love them, I'm assuming, is because it's an opportunity for us to connect as a community. I always like to say that podcasts are quite intimate. You're always just listening to my voice and my mannerisms. And this is an opportunity for us to learn from each other and hear out other people's experiences and stories and continue to build and grow in our eco-conscious journeys together. Today's episode is on a topic that I needed support on, and I'm so, so glad that I have three awesome women speaking today on this episode because it's a topic that I know literally nothing about. We are talking today about weddings, sustainability in the wedding planning process. I'm going to be totally transparent because, of course, I'm giving my input throughout these conversations and engaging with our speakers today, as I always do. I know literally nothing about weddings. I am so far from planning my own wedding. I like to joke that I am the token single bridesmaid. I know nothing about the process, but I've seen my friends go through it. I'm watching a lot of my friends go through it. I have a lot of respect for women going through the big wedding thing. I have a lot of respect for women who have foregone that for elopements. But whatever you choose to do, this could be a huge financial undertaking. It's a very big day for a lot of people. And sustainability could very easily fall to the side when it comes to planning this big event or this small event, whatever that is for you. So we're talking today to three different women, two of whom have already gotten married, one who is getting married in the summer, and they all thought about sustainability both similarly and differently throughout their wedding planning process. And I feel like these conversations are so complimentary, so I'm excited for you to listen to this episode. First up, we are going to hear from Sophia. Sophia just got married in January. This episode's coming out in February, so really close timing. She gives a lot of really tangible, take-home, easy tips when it comes to the DIY process. We talk about shopping. We talk about all of the little ways you can think more environmentally when it comes to all of the wedding planning process. Then we're hearing from Catherine. 
Catherine talks about all the events leading up to the wedding planning process. She talks about involving your friends. She talks about the clothing, the fashion, the societal pressures that come along with throwing a wedding and attending a wedding. And then we are hearing from Lisa. I'm so excited for y'all to hear Lisa's because I feel like she gave such interesting tips that I have not heard before, especially when it comes to finances and taxes. Lisa is a CPA and she makes a lot of wedding content on TikTok. She's got a lot of awesome tips on donations, on tax breaks, on where you can save money, on where you might have to spend more money if you're going sustainably. There is so much that goes into throwing an event like this. So I hope that you learn a little something from our three speakers today. Thank you so, so much to Sophia, Catherine, and Lisa for all volunteering your time and sharing your stories and teaching us about your experiences. And if you, like me, are the token single bridesmaid, make sure you send this to a friend that is going through the process herself. Or, you know, if you're not the token single bridesmaid, if you are planning your own wedding, I hope you get a lot out of this. I feel like this is a really cool episode, and I can't really say that I have found a lot of resources similar to this. There wasn't a lot of places for me to learn or a lot of experts to pull from. There's a lot of experts in the wedding planning industry, but it's also a money-making industry. It's also an industry that really thrives on disposability, on being one day of your life that you are really pouring yourself into time and energy and money. So there's so many ways that you can go the sustainable route. And there's also a lot of ways that you have to be true to your vision because again, it's your one day. And so you might as well really go all out. So I understand both sides of the argument, or I guess this isn't really an argument, but I understand both options you have. And even as someone who is not yet at this chapter of my life where I am planning a wedding, I feel like this is a really fascinating topic to learn about because it's an industry, it's an event, it's something that we're really sold as a dream as little girls. And there are so many ways to do it in your style, in your taste, and according to your values. I mean, we talk a lot about voting with our dollar here on this show. And this is a major way that you can spend major dollars in a way that's aligning with your values. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Before we get into it, I actually have some news to share. Maybe you have noticed if you've looked at the cover art. I'm really, really proud to share that EcoChic has joined the Cloud10 network. Cloud10 is the exclusive network partner to iHeartMedia. I can't even believe I just said that. Honestly, pinch me. This is a dream that I didn't even realize was within reach. And I'm so deeply, deeply, deeply thankful for anyone who listens to the show and shares the show and engages with me anywhere and has truly ever thought twice about this little corner of the internet. I'm so proud of this show. I am so deeply impressed with the community and with the amount of knowledge we've been able to gain together. And I, I just don't even have words. Thank you so, so much for this opportunity. Thanks for trusting me. Thanks for listening and thanks for hanging out and being my friend and loving me from afar because I love you. We can talk more in depth about what it means to join a network at another time, but the takeaway is not a whole lot is going to change. I am still totally in charge of guests and creative liberties and everything to do with the show. I love, love, love this show, and this is truly just a sign that this is only the beginning. In April, it will be four years of EcoChic, and I feel like I just started. I'm so thankful to do this every day, and I'm so thankful to have a space that feels so deeply me, and to know that it resonates with other people is 
special and important and validating. So thanks for caring. Thanks for being here again. I'm like, I just can't even believe it. This is just the start. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am just obsessed with this show and I can't wait to see what this next chapter has in store for us. With that, let's get to what you came here for. Let's listen to our episode all about sustainable weddings with Sophia, Catherine, and Lisa. I hope you enjoy it. Sophia, welcome to Eco Chic. Where are you calling in from? Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for having me. I am calling in from Los Angeles, California. Awesome. Very close by. I'm in Denver. So so I am so excited to hear about your sustainable wedding because I know that you thought a lot about the decisions going into this big day. So tell me a little bit about your event. When did you get married? I got married on January 15th. So coming up on almost one month, which is crazy how fast time flies already. But yeah, so about one month ago. Congratulations. Congratulations. How did you think about sustainability during the wedding planning process? Oh my goodness. Great question. I started my sustainability journey probably a few years ago, started in fashion and I'm now kind of getting more into a broader niche of sustainability, just, you know, overround holistic sustainability. So when I got engaged, the first thing that I thought of is let me do some research on weddings and what can I do to make it more sustainable? So I saw a statistic that the average wedding produces 400 pounds of garbage I was shook. Yeah, that that nailed me. I was oh like, that's God. I haven't heard that one, but I believe it. Yeah, it makes sense, though, because you think about, you know, even from smaller weddings to large weddings, you have to consider like what type of waste you have with food, with alcohol, with decor, with florals to, you know, even clothing. So it, there's a lot that takes part in wedding planning. So I was going through the whole process. I was like, what can I do? that are simple, sustainable swaps or changes that I can make to reduce my impact when planning this wedding. I had an average size wedding, about 130 people. So nothing too small, but nothing over the top, but still, you know, 130 people that a lot of people make a lot of waste. So let's, I wanted to think really strategically about what are some key things that I could do. So I guess I could just go through kind of the order of events. That's fascinating. Tell me first big, like glaring thing that you knew I have to be a little conscious going through this particular element of the wedding. I think when I was first starting, when you start out with a wedding, you think the first thing you have to think about really is where am I going to have this wedding? So for me, I'm originally from Arizona. So I was looking, so all my family's there. So I was looking into some different venues. I didn't do this, but I was really interested in maybe doing like an Airbnb type wedding or renting out like you know, a big home because I recognize that those are maybe a little bit more sustainable in the sense of like less energy usage. You have a lot more flexibility with what you could bring in. But I did find a venue in Phoenix um, that was really inclusive in the sense of a lot of their vendors were partnered with them, which was really great. So a lot of the choices that I made were like, okay, how can I make sustainable choices when it comes to decor? That was a huge thing for me is like weddings in decor is such a wasteful thing. Like, okay, a lot of stuff that I'm never going to use again. So how can I really make sure that I'm either reusing things, repurposing things, finding things secondhand. So that was a huge, big, like glooming thing of like, oh my gosh, people got to buy all this decor, but how can I make it simple and sustainable in the sense of not purchasing a ton of stuff new? So 
that was one of the big things that I focused on when planning the wedding is going to offer up Facebook marketplace and finding a lot, the majority of my decor secondhand, which was amazing. I mean, you'd be for any like brides to be out there, check those secondhand marketplaces. You would be shocked to find that you can find candles, votives, runners, even fake florals for decor, posters, frames, all secondhand because these are one and done items that we use and then never really have purpose for again. So I found a lot of frames, all of my candles, all of the blast votives, and now I get to resell them for someone else to use because they're basically in brand new condition. So I'm excited about being able to give these items additional life cycles. That's such a good analogy too, that these are one and done items. A lot of wedding decor is essentially built to be disposable. You're only using it once. So being able to look secondhand as you would for any other decor item in your everyday life, like if you're refurbishing an apartment, of course, you're going to look at these sites. So it's so smart to just take those practices you're already implementing into your life into this wedding planning process. Absolutely. It's, and it's crazy how affordable it is compared to buying new, you're going to get things for a fraction of the price. I got candles that were not even lit because they just came in a big box package from people. So I was getting brand new items that I could just reuse. And now I'm excited to be able to give those back. And even for decor, for our table seat chart, a lot of people do, you know, big, those big posters and everything, but I was like, I don't want to buy acrylic or vinyl or something that I just know is going to end up in the garbage. So I was trying to think of a creative way of like, how could we do a fun seating chart? So my mom and I actually did a whole collage of old frames that she had in her house. My aunt had her in her house. We thrifted some, found some on clearance and did like a really fun, unique, like poster frame collage with all the guests. Each frame had like a different table in it. So that was something fun. Like how can we use what we already have in our house to create something beautiful? It's just all these gold frames and we hand painted some and then tacked it onto this like big piece of plywood and then just had it up on an easel. So that was a fun way to incorporate what are some things in your house that you can use that are decorum. And my aunt who had a bunch of decor because she had um, two daughters who recently got married. She, she had so many things from little like menu boards and table runners. So I was fortunate enough to be able to use so many uh, decor items that were already purchased, already done. So I could really use reuse and find ways to reuse things that could fit into what I wanted for my wedding. So that was important to me and just making sure that things are getting another life. Another thing that I did was when it comes to invitations and save the dates, I did do normal invitations, physical invitations, but I did a virtual save the date, which I think is a great, you're going to save money and save the dates are one of those things where people are going to throw it away. (laughs) So I did a virtual save the day. I kind of designed one in Canva myself and then sent that out via email. And it was just as effective as a normal save the day. And I just was able to save some costs there. And then of course, you know, some paper waste. So I, that's a very simple and easy thing that you can do. And initially when you're planning out is just do a virtual save the date and email people check their email more than I feel like regular mail even. So that was something super easy to incorporate. I was going to ask you, it sounds like there are definitely some easy, low-hanging fruit when it comes to sustainable weddings. On the flip side, what do you think was one of the most difficult things for you to figure out a sustainable option for? Yeah, that's great. So I guess to preface this, I wanted to say that there were definitely aspects of my wedding that were not sustainable in the sense of 
I decided to buy a new dress though. I did look at secondhand. I looked at rebridal and I looked at some secondhand wedding dresses. None of them just really fit what I I personally wanted for my wedding. So I did buy a new dress and some things like my florist, who was a package deal with our venue, she handles kind of the floral arrangements. So I can guarantee that probably those florals were not in season or local. So they were probably transported from somewhere. So I want to preface that is I did not have the most perfect sustainable wedding, but I think it's important to understand that. And I had that eco guilt, I think before the wedding, like, and even after the wedding, like, oh man, I should have just done more research or I should have just done this. But I think I want to preface that sustainability more than anything is progress over perfection and just in general, being mindful of your choices and giving it some thought. So at the end of the day, like your wedding is something that's such an important day for you. So implementing some simple swaps is an important aspect. If you want to have a more sustainable, eco-conscious wedding, like thinking of some really simple and easy ones can really take out the stress of, whoa, how am I going to even incorporate you know, the sustainability aspects into my wedding for such a huge day. So I wanted to preface with that because I think it's first of all, important to be transparent and just honest about, you know, sustainability and like everyone's personal journey. So I found it was really difficult to find with having the limitations with my particular venue. I was like, I had limitations with catering and florals and stuff like that. But there were options for me in the sense of our venue actually didn't recycle. So I and my mom went out and purchased recycling bins and created signs and made the bartenders all recycle. We had wine and beer cans. So we made the bartenders recycle the cans and the glass and we took it home with us. after the wedding. Like I, it's one of those, like I took the, like, I did not personally, but my family like took the trash home. That <laughs> so is dedication. Like, you yeah, were like, there's no way we are not recycling at this wedding. That's a non-negotiable. When we were planning, that was one of my first questions to the venue. I was like, do you recycle? And they're like, um, no, I'm like, um, well, I'm going to have to bring in my own recycling because that's, I'm, there's no way I'm throwing that out. <laughs> so yes, that was, that was kind of a big, like, Whoa. And I think for people who are going with um, certain venues, you are going to run into limitations when it comes to that. So it's about like, how can you work with them? You know, in the sense of they were also going to serve all the alcohol and single use plastic. So I purchased a glass package so that all my guests could drink from glass. So something as silly as, oh, why couldn't you just serve it in glass? It's like an addendum. But that was really important to me. So I was like, you know, I'm going to budget that out because I really don't want all these single use cups just ending up in the garbage. So I always wanted to be mindful of like, how can I make it easier for my guests to participate in, you know, being a little bit more zero waste versus here are the plastic cups. But if you want, you could do glass. So kind of just forcing it on was just a decision that I wanted to make early on. Um, And it was kind of a non-negotiable for me. I was like, I'm going to budget out money so I could provide glass for my guests because the venue would not do that for free, which is nice when you have a more flexible venue, when you can switch things up, especially if you do like an Airbnb, you can bring your own, you can thrift your own glasses. Um, So those are all really amazing things that you can do. Um, But understanding that venues do have limitations. The wedding industry is huge and it's complicated. So I feel like it's, it's great to understand like how you can work with your venue in order to make um, more sustainable choices. Yeah. It sounds like 
a big part of hosting what is a sustainable wedding for whoever this bride may be and like whatever sustainability means to that person. A lot of it is recognizing that you will never truly get to the most perfect sustainable wedding that you can. This is a huge industry. It's a money-making industry. And also at the end of the day, it's a big day for you. Like you want it to be as close to your vision as you possibly can. And sometimes that's really difficult to do sustainably. And it sounds like a lot of this is also having support. Like you had your family that could take home the recycling. You had a flexible venue that I'm sure there was a point person there that was like, we don't have it, but you could do X, Y, and Z. Like a lot of it is being able to share this information and get support from the people that are around you during this whole process. A hundred percent. I mean, I could not have done this without my mom and my aunt, especially too. Like they were both so key in helping me put all this together. And especially since we were DIYing a lot of decor and planning that, you know, that was really tough. So I'm so grateful for like family support that I received in order to help me kind of make these, be able to make these choices. Another funny thing that I just remembered with the decor. So my mom and my aunt like have these little like collagen shots and they all come in these glass bottles, but they're like these beautiful brown bottles. They were saving them for months. And we actually turned all of those little collagen bottles into mini little floral centerpieces during our cocktail hour. So we just put like a little thing of eucalyptus in there and like used a little twine and just like put them on all the tabletops. So that was like a fun oh, these brown glass bottles are cute, but how could we reuse them into a fun new way? So that was another, such a random thing, like collagen, (laughs) but now it's into my wedding decor. So that was such a fun little eco swap, I would say. Yeah. You'll have to send me pictures of all of these DIY things that you did, the collagen bottles, the frames, like everything sounds so beautiful and like conscious, like clearly it was so you, so reflective, something that you could do with your family and you did it in the most sustainable way you think you can. (laughs) Totally. And another thing for me too, when decor, I I kept it really simple because of the, like I said, so many of these things are one and done. So I was like, how can I just make, make, make the focus like florals. I had a lot of eucalyptus, all these secondhand candles and just, you know, different like candle vases that I had in my house. My mom had in her house, my aunt had in her house. So I wanted to keep it simple to just make sure that like the main focus is not necessarily all the decor and all the things I'm going to throw away, but like just the beauty of the simplicity. So that was like my personal goal when I was planning is like finding the beauty in the simple. (laughs) Looking back now, even though you're only a month out of your wedding, Last thing I want to ask you is, is there anything that you wish you had done or anything that you learned you could have done more eco-friendly? Great question. I think looking back, there were, I would say a lot of things I felt like if I had maybe more time and more bandwidth, I definitely would have wanted to implement. If I had more time, I definitely would have been super interested in finding a dress secondhand. Sustainable fashion is how I got started in sustainability. So if I had more time and a little bit more bandwidth, I was also planning wedding while I was moving from Arizona to Los Angeles. So wedding planning was crazy, but I think I would have really loved to find a like secondhand dress. I did try on my mom's to see if I could fit into it and like, you know, restructure it and everything. So I think that's something I would have definitely done. And actually for my bridesmaids dresses, I, which is another crazy, like, you know, who's going to wear their bridesmaids dress again. So when I was doing all the research on bridesmaids dresses, I wanted to really make sure that 
even though these dresses might be one and done, like, could I find a brand that maybe did made to order where there's not going to be all this excess inventory? So I did find a brand that uh, did made to order bridesmaids dresses, which made me feel a little bit more confident because I knew that these dresses were probably not going to get worn again. Um, but at least it's from a supporting a company that isn't, you know, Lulu's or a lot of those brands that are just pumping out so much fast fashion. But I think closing notes is wedding planning is crazy. And as a bride, your day, you have all these envisions of how your day should be. And I think if you are facing eco guilt, like, like I did, um, especially when, you know, planning a sustainable wedding, having choices like purchasing a new dress or having me at your wedding or simple, like things like that, that could seem just silly that impact that you have by buying essentially a new dress is not even going to be close to what a business will do in one single day. So really practicing mindfulness and just overall like consciousness when making choices and then understanding that like, you're not going to be perfect. I'm not going to be perfect. None of us are perfect when it comes to sustainability, but there are a few simple things that it's easy for us to implement if you choose to do so to reduce waste. So if you are facing eco guilt as a bride while wedding planning, my only note is to remember that you're doing great, sweetie. It's all going to come together. (laughs) I love that. Okay. Wow. Thank you so much, Sophia. I feel like you shared so many good tips. I really appreciate your time. Absolutely. I just want to, for all the brides out there, like there who want to have a sustainable wedding, like there are options out there. And my biggest thing is check all your secondhand websites because all your needs are basically already out there. (laughs) That's a really good tip. And for some reason, I feel like that's one that we do not talk enough about when it comes to weddings. There's absolutely everything that you already want exists and someone's used it before and you can probably find it secondhand. Absolutely. Big secondhand gal. (laughs) Big secondhand gal over here. Quick break to tell you that this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? We've already talked today about eco guilt, and we've talked a lot in the past about eco anxiety and issue fatigue. That can be a lot to deal with on your own, and sometimes you just need help. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist in under 48 hours. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. This is professional therapy done securely online. We already do so much online, and we're looking for really specific solutions for our really specific situations. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and financial aid is available. My favorite part about BetterHelp as well is that you're getting timely and thoughtful responses and you can schedule a weekly video or phone session and you'll never have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as traditional therapy. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com slash eco chic. That's better H-E-L-P and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. There's a special offer for Eco Chic listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash eco chic. Again, betterhelp.com slash eco chic. It will be in the show notes. Hi, Catherine. Welcome to Eco Chic. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Where are you calling in from? I am calling from Chicago. 
Well, the Windy City. Welcome to Eco Chic. I'm excited to have you. And I'm excited to talk about your wedding. You were saying that you got married last July. Yes. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. And you are right. I got married July 2021. It was our third attempt, third date, (laughs) but we finally made it happen. So that was really exciting. Yeah. I'm sure, especially having to push your wedding back so many times, you had a lot of time to really marinade on each decision you were making, which sounds like both a blessing and a curse. So I'd like to hear a little bit about how you thought about sustainability during your wedding planning process, if at all. Yeah, definitely. So with all of the time that came with the planning process, it was a little unique with my journey in sustainability because I really started to overhaul my own consumption and my own habits around sustainability, almost like right in the middle of the planning process. So a lot of the planning decisions had already been made, but a lot was left open and a lot, even that of the decisions that were made ended up being, you know, up for grabs again with all the fun with COVID planning. I really just tried to see what I could do with sustainability and what opportunities there were to, to like incorporate all these changes I was making in my personal life to this massive event that I was planning because I wanted it to be authentic to me and feel like this really huge celebration. But I did want to, you know, be conscious of how much waste was going to be produced from such a huge event, be conscious of what I'm asking my bridesmaids to wear and not just the waste around the event itself, but the bachelorette party and the bridal shower and all the other fun events that come with it. So Definitely tried to take that lens, but also, you know, tried to give myself a little bit of grace too. I had to plan a wedding three different times. And the third go was we, we were originally going to do destination wedding in Eastern Europe and switched it to Chicago uh, because of all the travel restrictions, switched it to Chicago and just replanned a whole, the whole thing in a hundred days. So really was trying to think like, okay, I want, I want it to be authentic. I want to be it to be a mindful event, but what's reasonable to accomplish in this 100 day timeframe. Wow. Okay. So I'm stressed for you, even though this already (laughs) happened, you mentioned something that I thought was interesting that I want to hear more about. You said that you had made a lot of decisions for your wedding that you ultimately tried to change to reflect your lifestyle. Was there one like really big element of your wedding, like a glaring element once you started thinking about sustainability that you were like, I have got to do something about this? I think for me, it was all of the outfits, all of the outfits that come with, you know, being a bride, all the pressure of like showing up and the rehearsal dinner and the outfits for the bachelorette party. And just feel like I am surrounded with these images and expectations, societal expectations of like being the bride and owning the look and and really just all that comes with it. So I tried to do a few things just from what I was wearing, but I also was inspired. Someone I follow on Instagram, Venetia Lamana, I'm not sure if you follow her at all, but she's a fellow podcaster as well and fast fashion advocate. She had implemented a dress code at her wedding and it was something old, nothing new, something borrowed, something renewed. 
And so I totally was like, okay, no brainer, right? So that was something that I immediately was put on our invites. Dress codes open, right? No, don't worry about cocktail. Don't worry about any typical dress code, but just show up in something that you have. And so that was just like a really easy point for me. That was just meant a lot um, to me just in terms of how I was changing my own consumption and was hoping that no one felt those societal pressures to also like show up and in an epic outfit. You can still have an epic outfit. It just doesn't have to be brand new. I love that. That is so different and so unique. And I feel like that takes so much pressure off of a guest as well, because like you, you mentioned earlier, your bridesmaids and the people that are involved in the wedding, there is so much pressure around weddings of how do I show up for my friend in the way that she wants me to. And that's also a huge burden when it comes to thinking about sustainability, because maybe you do want all new outfits for the bachelorette, or you do feel (laughs) pressured to, uh, to purchase a really expensive bridesmaids dress that needs to be altered anyway, or there's just like a lot that you do for your friends because you want to be supportive. Absolutely. You kind of need someone to tell you like, it's okay to wear something you already have. It's okay to, and that sounds almost a little silly now that I'm saying it out loud, but it's like (laughs) in that setting, you want someone to say it to you. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, did it result in my uncle showing up in jeans? Absolutely. (laughs) But hey, they weren't new jeans. They were, they were totally, he was true to himself. And (laughs) that it honestly, it made me laugh and it made me happy. But I, I was also so appreciative too of like how supportive my bridesmaids were on it. I think at the end of the day, too, to your point of like, you as someone on the other end of it, you do kind of want those guidelines from the bride of what's expected of me wardrobe wise. And there's always all these like purchases and all that that comes with it. So we had so much fun as just like my group of girls also just figuring out, okay, how do we want to navigate then the bachelorette party? And I knew I still wanted like cool, fun, like group coordination, but I also no, I've pulled so many like t-shirts out of my own closet that say like bride squad and all that stuff, which are like so cute on the day of, but don't get much use afterwards. So I was totally trying to avoid that, but ended up being able to pick like certain color schemes every day. And it was like the best gift of all on the bachelorette party, just to see everyone showing up. We had one day where it was like, wear pink or along that color scheme and just like having people lay out what they had and everyone just trying on each other's clothes everyone knew not to buy anything new for outfits that day so it was just so cool to see my friends sort of pick up on that too and be so supportive while also like doing this great thing of not purchasing these one wear outfits it sounds like sustainability to you a lot of it was realizing you didn't need to be the typical bride. A lot of it seems like you see the stereotypes and you kind of made that boundary for yourself of, I don't need to do this if I don't actually want to, which is major on a wedding day. There is a lot of pressure to show up a certain way, be it for your family or your religion or Instagram culture. And you were basically like, no, I'm going to be the bride that I want to be. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, that's giving me a lot of credit, I feel like, but, but that's a really, really nice way of, of sort of taking that. And, and I think it's true. I think really 
one of the biggest things I've learned too, if just in my own research and changing of my consumption habits is it's, it's so funny how much of it is really just like back to basics of like things that my parents would say to me growing up of like, Oh, see if your friend has this thing (laughs) instead of buying it. And I'd be like, mom, like, can't you just buy it for me? (laughs) And so much of that was just like implemented into the wedding. And I feel like people just, people forget because the culture is to just buy new and to, if you want something, get it. You have the means to, I think it is just the simplest things of, oh, what can we borrow from our friends and and still accomplish the same goal of, oh, maybe we do want to be a little Instagram cute, Instagram culture of like, let's get the cute pics, but how can we do it in a way that, you know, isn't harming the planet? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I like that sentiment a lot. Catherine, was there anything else about your sustainable wedding that you really wanted to share today? Any hot tips that really impacted you? I think the biggest thing that really helped me is the best thing that came out of COVID weddings was kind of the sentiment of like anything goes. So like people did these elopements and and so much more than normally would happen. The small intimate gatherings, people whose family might've expected them to have 200 person events sort of just, you know, felt the freedom to do, do their own thing. So I really feel like I hope that trend continues and I hope people just continue to, to put their own spin on it. But, but really, I think there's just so many small opportunities and small things that can be done throughout the process. And if the wedding day itself feels like a really hard place to start, I think all of the events that lead up to it, like a shower and bachelorette party are really just smaller ways where you can, can implement changes and um, actions to, to be a little bit more eco-friendly and even just something as simple as making the bridal shower vegetarian, you know, if your guests would appreciate that, or we didn't wrap gifts at the bridal shower. So though I'm receiving a bunch of gifts and, and things like that, you know, at least I can cut down on the trash that's going to come with it. So I think just to anyone who might feel that it's overwhelming, just think small and those small things always add up. Lisa, so nice to talk to you today. Where are you calling in from? I'm calling in from San Antonio, Texas. Okay. Well, nice to chat with you. Tell me a little bit about the wedding planning process in general. Was sustainability front of mind for you in planning your wedding? So I wouldn't necessarily that it was front of mind. It was definitely something I considered along the way. I think what has surprised me the most is that I expected it to be a lot easier to be more eco-friendly, more sustainable. And it hasn't been like that for my experience. And so one specific example that I can give is that whenever it came to wedding food, I just always assumed that it would be very easy to donate the food afterwards. Um, And so that actually has not been my experience, unfortunately. And there is a federal bill out there for the United States, and it covers all 50 states where it's called the Good Samaritan Food Donation Act. And that protects people who donate food in good faith. Unfortunately, what I've learned is, you know, different caterers from state to state 
um, have different experiences. So like I've spoken to somebody from Arkansas who assumed that everybody in the United States would donate their wedding food afterwards if there was anything left. But, you know, there was a caterer from Nebraska where he said like, no, we don't do this because we could get in so much trouble. Weddings happen all the time and there's always leftover food. And there's also a federal bill to protect people to donating food. And we're not really, it doesn't happen as often as it should. And so unfortunately, I've really tried to find a way to donate wedding food. And I haven't found it yet. I haven't exhausted my resources. I mean, I've talked to the caterer and the caterer basically declined. And of course they might have more liability. And so I've tried to find some nonprofits in the area that could benefit from it, but the food would be given to them at Saturday at 10 PM. So that's also not, it hasn't been as feasible as I would like. So there's been some struggles with that, with the food donation aspect, but it has been hard to make it more eco-friendly. Yeah, that's interesting. I will have to look into that Good Samaritan Food Donation Act. That's really, really interesting and something that I would love to keep an eye on. And it's great to hear that you're thinking about this for your event. So your event has not happened yet, correct? No, it happens at the NMA. Okay, well, congratulations. Coming Thank up you. Soon. Coming up soon. Beyond food, was there some element that you were really concerned about, like perhaps like flowers or your dress or the venue? that you learned was a lot harder to make sustainable than you originally believed it to be. More than happy to talk about my flower experience, my dress experience, and then also um, the venue experience. So at some point I will talk about the tax benefits to this because I am a CPA and I can speak to that. But at first I just want to get into the sustainability aspect with the flower donation. There used to be a nationwide place where you could donate flowers and it was called repeat roses but of course the pandemic got to it and it no longer exists and so there's really been a reduction in being able to donate wedding flowers so it's always possible to donate to shelters but I also since I'm based in Texas there's this Texas-based nonprofit called Floranthropy and so what they do is they accept donations for flowers and they're able to repurpose them and maybe give it to somebody um, like a funeral or another wedding or like something like that it's going to be repurposed. They used to have a San Antonio location, which would be closest to me, but that area shut down. And so what I also found is I reached out to one in Austin, because that's not too far away from the wedding venue. But whenever I reached out to them, they let me know, like, and it makes sense. They said like, okay, it'll be, you know, a few hundred dollars for us to go and pick it up. And so of course I'm open to that, but the reality is that'll be a barrier for a lot of people. And it might be easier to just throw away flowers than to pay, you know, a few hundred dollars for somebody to pick it up. I will be going through with Floranthropy and we do, we have um, agreed to the day and the time for them to pick it up, but there's also been some struggles. Fortunately, I'll, I'll be able to have a lot of flowers because I'll have them as the centerpieces, but they want to pick it up on Sunday morning, which is the day after. And of course, because anybody wants to pick it up on Sunday morning instead of Saturday at midnight. And so that left me with another barrier because I asked a venue like, Hey, can I leave it overnight so that the florists could pick it up? And they're like, no, we have a wedding the next day. I'm like, okay. Makes sense. And then I asked the florist, like, hey, would there be any way that you would be able to take back the flowers when you're taking back the vases? I'm renting the vases and I'm keeping the flowers. And so they'll go to the venue at the end of the day to take back their vases that they, you know, lend out to other customers. And they're like, no, we'll just take back our vases. We won't be able to take the flowers for you. And I was just like, okay. And so eventually I was able to find a friend who lives in the area who would be able to take the flowers back. But of course, that's going to be some work on my friend to have to do that. And so that was a very bad, I finally figured it out. But, you know, it was just a little bit discouraging how, how many barriers there are to this process. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like 
on the donation front, it really requires so much legwork on the bride's side. Like you have to really want to donate or to make a, like a genuine contribution after your wedding to go through with it. Right. Cause I think what can motivate a lot of people towards donation is the tax aspect. And so if somebody is wanting to do it because of tax benefits, if they have a florist that's willing to take back the flowers so that somebody else could pick it up so they could be donated, one important thing to ask the florist is to make sure that the person who bought the flowers is going to be the person that's receiving the benefit. Because like, I'm sure you go to a grocery store and they're like, oh, do you want to round up so that we can donate to kids who need food? If you round up, it's actually the grocery store that gets the tax benefit. And so the florist told me no. So I never got to the question of like, will I be able to receive the tax benefit? So that's kind of like a two-part question that people should be aware of if they're doing it for tax benefits. Interesting. Interesting. Like making sure that it's you and not a corporation that is interesting. Very interesting. Are there other tax benefits to donating? There's yes, there's, there's a lot. So the truth is, and I'm sorry if I'm getting too technical because I can't please get technical with me. So a lot of times people would just tell you like, Oh, you can claim it on your taxes. And that's only partially true. And what I mean by that is with donations, with charitable contributions, you can only claim up to $300 of cash that you're giving that will come that you can always claim, always claim. But for the other times you either choose between the standard deduction and the itemized deduction. And so right now our standard deduction is like 12,950. So let's just say 13,000 to make it easy. So right now our standard deduction is $13,000. So there's not really, you don't benefit um, from taxes with donating until your donations exceed the $13,000. Yeah. People will tell you like, Oh, you can limit on your taxes. Like, yes, you can, if you itemize, but it does not benefit you to itemize unless your itemized deductions exceed your standard, which is 13,000. Interesting. I would have never known that. Thanks for sharing. Well, yeah, it's, they kind of, um, they manipulate the truth to where, you know, a reasonable person could be tricked. And so I just want to kind of be transparent about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm curious to know beyond donations, donations seems like the obvious thing that you can claim on your taxes. When it comes to sustainability and finances for a wedding, like a wedding is a lot of the time a really serious financial undertaking for a lot of people and sustainability, you would assume would help you save some of that money. Maybe you're doing like plant-based food or you're doing local flowers or repurposing a dress or something like that. But hearing this from you, it sounds like it can be really tricky to actually make the sustainable aspect a, an economic benefit sustainability is costing more at this point. I yeah. have not seen where sustainability um, has saved money, which is unfortunate. And there, and I, I have ideas. I have, sorry, I don't have the capital and I'm not able to open these businesses and become CEO of it by any means, but there are ways for sustainability to save money. And so like one example I can give is bridesmaid dresses. The truth, I mean, I've been a bridesmaid before. I didn't want to buy a dress. I mean, I, I I did because that's what's expected of me. And then that's what I asked of other people. That's just what you do. But usually for bridesmaid dresses, you wear it once and you don't really wear it again. And so what I wish existed was there would be bridesmaid dresses that you can rent, you know, instead of having to pay $150, $200 for a brand new dress that you're then going to have to pay for alterations and use one time. I wish that there was a way to rent bridesmaid dresses. You rent tuxedos, you rent suits. You know, so that aspect is sustainable, but you can't rent bridesmaid dresses. And I think it's possible and I think it's more sustainable, but for whatever reason, well, I think the reason is because, you know, 
big chains probably make a lot of money from buying new bridesmaid dresses that they're not really interested in renting them out. But, you know, renting out bridesmaid dresses could be one aspect that could be more sustainable. So I just need somebody that's rich to open that business. You can have the business idea. Just let's be more sustainable. And, and it also saves people money. It would. Yeah. It saves people money. It's really a dress that you're only wearing one time. The flip side to that, I'm thinking I've had some girlfriends who I've been a bridesmaid for them and some girls will just pick all the same dress. And it's like from one of those bulk warehouses, that's like a hundred dollars for your bridesmaid's dress. And, and that is sold as an affordable dress. You still have to go get it altered. So you're still like spending quite a bit of money on this bridesmaid's dress. And then the alternative is someone who is like, you know, here's the color, pick whatever you want. But then that also puts you in a box of like, when am I realistically going to wear a blush colored, you know, dress that I would wear to a black tie wedding ever again. Yes. It's your friend. And like, it's something that you want to be a part of, but it's really hard to make any sort of sustainable choice in the current industry of weddings, because it is a money-making industry. Like people spend a lot of money on weddings and there is very little incentive, frankly, for the industry to become more sustainable, which is unfortunate from my perspective. Again, like I I am not deep in it, but I imagine that it makes more sense for the industry to promote these more disposable dresses or flowers or food or whatever it is. Because of the pandemic, obviously a lot of weddings were either postponed or they just were canceled. And because of that, people who were standing in the weddings and may have bought bridesmaid dresses already had bought these dresses that they were then not going to use anymore. And so there would be times where I would see brand new bridesmaid dresses at resale shops, you know, whether it be like Kiddo's Closet or Poshmark, I've, I've seen a lot. And so since I had saw that, whenever I asked my bridal party to be part of the bridal party, I told them like, you know, I just want this color. You can get a used dress like that would be fine. But the struggle is, is that a lot of times they want to try it on or because it's a specific material, even though it's the correct color, then it, it won't look the same after all. So I try to push sustainability in that aspect. Like you can get a used bridesmaid dress, but none of my bridal party ended up doing that um, because it wasn't as feasible. Yeah. That puts you in a hard position too, because as a bride, these are your friends that you understand are doing you the favor of being there for you on your big day and like supporting you along the way and going to your bachelorette and going to the showers and whatever. And they want to be supportive, but it is also a huge financial undertaking to be in a bridal party. So you as a bride, it is the considerate thing to do to say, like, I don't want you to spend $300 on a dress, but at the end of the day, you are also kind of with your hands tied. Right. Because there's not that many options. Yeah. There's not that many options to begin with. Before we close out, I'm curious to know if there is any other major like glaring aspect of the wedding industry that you've learned needs a major sustainability overhaul? I think the whole industry needs a major sustainability overhaul, but I do have a good story. So as far as donating a wedding dress, that is probably the only aspect that seems feasible. Um, Of course, it doesn't save any money, but, you know, there's a lot of people who don't ever want to donate a wedding dress and that's completely fine. But I did find a good organization that's called like Brides Against Breast Cancer, where you could donate it and they resell it. And then they're able to keep the proceeds to benefit people who are, you know, fighting breast cancer supporters. So that has been a good aspect, but I'm surprised that paper invitations are still a thing. And it's just for aesthetic, in my opinion. So I think (laughs) once there's like a big wedding influencer, you know, like a big famous person who gets married and they start taking pictures. They have like little accent photos that they always post like of the wedding shoes and the wedding necklace and the wedding invitations right now are always taken a picture by the photographer. I think once that's omitted from those photos, then eventually we'll do away with wedding invitations. But 
I don't think when invitations need to happen, it saves a lot of money to not have them, but it just, it hasn't happened right now for whatever reason. So, so far, like, you know, as far as um, we ever having a couple shower, we had an engagement party, like just little things like that. We've done digital invitations where we haven't done paper invitations. Yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned that about the aesthetics and the photographers and like, what do you buy because you want it to be photographed. And it's funny because I was talking to a friend who's getting married in the summer as well, um, probably about six months ago when she was inviting her bridesmaids in. And she was kind of stressed about like, what do I get these people to invite them into my bridal party? Because a lot of it is aesthetics. It's because you want your friends to post something on their Instagram story to say that they're in your bridal party. And this Instagram world that we live in has forced weddings to, in a sense, become so much more dramatic than they were even 10 years ago. Like the concept of a destination bachelorette never was a thing. Like my mother did not, you know, like my mother's friends did not talk about destination bachelorettes. So the whole thing is like this moment for you to show off essentially on the internet and how far is too far. And the sustainability aspect of it, of course, gets pushed behind because we live in this bubble. We live in this world where you need to have photos and you want to have photos. And I understand that desire because it's your big day, but it also has gotten to the point where you need to check yourself sometimes. Like how much is too like. far? I'm laughing much because too much? I'm having a destination bachelorette. <laughs> so, but you're absolutely right. Um, it has, I'm having a four day event and I know that has grown from a one night out. And I recognize that. And I, I let my friends know that that was, you know, my desire from the beginning. And they had the ability to say no, they could keep all the gifts within the bridesmaid proposal box that they decided that they couldn't, you know, commit to that. But that is the norm. It's become the norm now. And I'm not saying that it should be the norm, but I, I recognize that it has grown. Right. And, you know, to some extent, I kind of love it. Like as a non-bride, I'm like, at least I'm going on a trip with my friends and it's a lot of fun, but it is a lot of it is just like the showing off of mm-hmm. what am I photographing? Where are we staying? You know, like bachelorette Airbnbs. Like my friends and I have been talking a lot about cities that have good bachelorette infrastructure. And it's this whole industry of like Airbnbs dedicated to bachelorettes, Nashville, Miami, Scottsdale, like all of the typical cities. And it's like, of course, there's this whole other industry that's brewing out of it that there's not, we're way off the sustainability topic now, but it's just like the wedding industry in general has evolved to be a monster that it never was. Right. Yeah, no, interesting. I agree with you. And unfortunately, when it's evolving, it's not going in the right direction of sustainability. It's going kind of the opposite direction. So, I mean, I look forward to the world where we had digital invitations, where some of the gifts that are giving. So like I gave some of my bridesmaids like a reusable cup. And that's just because like I've seen a lot of things that people just put in drawers. Like I personally don't use bath bombs and like just like, the, like the same knickknacks that you always receive from the bridesmaid proposal boxes. So I don't I don't feel those are sustainable either. So I tried to go a different direction. But I think another thing I this one's going to get some heat. But a thing that I don't think I like is a shirt that says bridesmaid. You know, I think that if we could get away from like a shirt that says bride, you could still have something that's for a bachelorette but it not say bridesmaid, because if I, if I have to buy a shirt that says bridesmaid, I'm never going to wear it again. And that's not very sustainable. You know, one different idea that I could have is just like, okay, if somebody's having a destination bachelorette in Mexico, you can have like tacos and tequila or like some kind of saying like that, that goes with the theme that would look good for pictures, but that you could probably reuse again. So that's kind of been my goal too, is like, I'm trying not to get my bridesmaids, anything that says bridesmaid, because it will never be used again. And that's not the goal. 
So true. I'm glad you brought that up because I feel the same way about t-shirts. I'm like, when am I ever going to wear bride tribe out into the world ever, literally ever, but it is what it is. It's like, you have to, again, you have to be so aware of your sustainability goals. If you are going to make a conscious effort to go that way. And you have to be really dedicated to it. It sounds like, like it is hard to host a sustainable wedding. It is. Yikes. So yeah, the flowers will be donated. The food I'm working on to be donated. The wedding dress will be donated. Rentals are more sustainable. You know, like if you rent, if you rent like the napkins and the chair, your linens, your cups, things like that. It's sustainable to rent it, but it's actually cheaper to buy it in some cases. Like it'll be cheaper to rent chairs, but it's more expensive to like sometimes buy a centerpiece if it's like a candle. So it's just, like I said, it's going in the wrong direction. And I, w- I, I don't know what I can do to change it because I, I recognize it, but I don't know what the next step is. Yeah. I mean, I have no advice for you. I think that <laughs> you are doing a great job of doing your best. And it sounds like you've thought so deeply about all of these little elements that build into like one very big event that could have a huge environmental footprint Mm -hmm. and you're doing your best. It sounds like, so I appreciate that. And there's another thing that I think could be sustainable. So like a lot of brides will take their bridal portraits at a location that's different from their venue. And I think what should become normalized. And I think it is fortunately is taking bridal portraits at like a national park or at a museum. Sometimes they'll be free. And then sometimes there'll be a a charge for it. But what's always an option for brides who are looking for the tax write-off or for sustainability is if it's a a national park and they're like, oh, it'll be $100 if you use a camera that's longer than three inches, then what brides can always do is be like, oh, well, what if I give you a $150 donation? And that way it's going directly to something. They usually waive the $100 fee because you're donating more. Um, So that's like another option that brides can do. But it's <laughs> yeah. I want it to be sustainable and economical. It just hasn't been like that so far. Right. Wow. Okay. Well, that's a very good closing out tip. Lisa, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I feel like you were such a wealth of knowledge and I learned so much from you in a very <laughs> short period. Thank you. I hope you really enjoyed today's Chic Chats episodes featuring Sophia, Catherine, and Lisa all talking about sustainability throughout the wedding planning process. I know I really enjoyed putting it together. I really enjoyed listening to it back. And if you stayed this long, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. You can follow on Spotify. You should send it to a friend. You should send it in the group chat. Send it to the new bride in your life. And share it on your Instagram story. Tag me at Podcast. I'm excited to know what you thought of the episode, and I'm excited to know what you want to hear about next. If you ever have a good idea for a Chic Chats episode, make sure that you DM me or you email me. All of my links are always in the show notes. Thanks again for tuning in, and I will talk to you next week. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.